Let me say just a couple things about the sermon series before we get into the message real quick, all right? Every November since we've launched, eight and a half years ago, every, every November, we've taken this time to talk about our blessings. We've taken this about, about Thanksgiving. But Thanksgiving is not just something you say. It's not just something you do in a day. You know, you get everybody together and you eat all the food you can eat on Thanksgiving Day. That, that's, that's not showing your thanks. I've said it probably mostly like this, is the true measure of your thankfulness or your thanksgiving is how you handle the gifts that you've been given. You know, when someone gives you a gift, like, you know, that great aunt gives you underwear for Christmas, you know, and you stick it way back in the closet, or maybe you throw it in the trunk of your car and you don't see it for two more years, you know, because you've forgotten all about it, you didn't appreciate that gift, did you? If you appreciate a gift, you, you know, you open it real quick. You, you know, you stuck the batteries in it or whatever. You started playing with it, you know, if you're a kid or uh, we've all got our grown-up toys now too, don't we, that, that uh, we have to get into. And, and those are the ones, the ones that we actually use, those are the ones that we obviously are thankful for. So just saying today, just singing the song, uh, saying grace over one meal or two meals or, or however many you eat on Thanksgiving Day, just saying great, that, that's not really a true measure of thankfulness. The, the true measure of your thankfulness is really what you do with the gift. So what are we going to do with it? Every person in this room, the fact that you are in a building to worship God freely in the United States of America, every one of you is more stinking blessed than you can ever imagine. We need to recognize, now what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for my blessings. If I were to list them, I would be here all day. If I were to just list the things you have done for me in this year, I would be here all day, God. And I thank you, God, for my I thank you for my church family's blessings. I thank you, God, for what you've done for us. God, it, it may look sometimes, like the song said, that uh, things aren't going perfect, but God, I'm already so stinking blessed. God, I thank you for that. I ask you to help us stay focused, God, to, to, to not look at ourselves, to not look inside, not look at, at what we wish we have, but God, to already look at what we already have and what you've already done, and God, to use us even greater. I pray, God, keep us focused on that and help us in, in that. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. amen. Okay, so this morning's sermon title, as you see, is The Widow's Might. How many of you have kind of, you know what that's about from the Bible. Any of y'all ever heard that, the widow's might? If you do, then you think there's a typo up there, don't you? Right? Because the story is about the widow's M-I-T-E might, and actually it's two mites, but for some reason we've reduced it down to one. Uh, so you think, okay, pastor's messed up. No, 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 it, that's on purpose. M-I-G-H-T, the widow's might in her giving. Let's go to the story. This is in Mark uh, chapter 12, beginning verse 41. Now, Jesus, there at the temple, sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrants. Now, I, I, I don't deal in mites and quadrants, so I had to do some research, okay? And uh, to my research that I came up with said that this, in, even in today's dollars, this was 50-something cents, Two mites, 50-something. You couldn't even go to the vending machine and buy a Coke, you know. 50-something cents is what she gave, okay? Now, 
all these other people have lots of money, they're giving, and then this widow comes in and throws 50-something cents in. Okay, and go on to the next, verse 43. So he called his disciples, Jesus called his disciples to himself, and said to them, Assuredly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. How can this be? She's given more than all those, for they all put in out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. This woman's might was in her giving, it was, but it wasn't in the amount that she had given, but it was in the reason for her giving. You see, just like her, the power of your giving is not in your wallet but it's in your heart. That's, that's where her might was. It wasn't in the amount. It wasn't in how much she gave because everybody was probably giving more than she was giving. But Jesus said because she gave, and, and really think of it, look at this, she gave everything she had. Now, now pastor's not saying you, you need to empty your bank account today. That's, that's, that's not what I'm saying today. That's not what Jesus is saying. But when, when he says she gave everything she had, let, let, me, let me give it to you this way. Here, here's how it is. It's when you give everything to God, everything of who you are, when you say, God, I belong to you and everything that I have and that I am belongs to you, then the giving is easy. You know, when you give everything to God, then the giving, the giving 50-something cents is easy once you've given everything to God. Or, or giving a 10% or, or whatever those things is easy. But you know what? You know what we find too easy? We find it too easy oftentimes to say, let the rich give. Let the powerful, those who are in authority, those who have the ability, let them do it. Or, or let the talented ones, let, let them do it. They're, they're the ones that can get it done. So it's easy for us to, to say, let them do it. Because really, and use this excuse, right? Because really, what little I can do is not going to make any, any difference. It's not going to matter to anybody. No, no one's even going to notice if I give. So, so why should I give? And, and you know what? This widow lady, she could have said the same things. You know, let the rich give. Let them do. Because who, who's going to notice my 50? Let me tell you who's noticed. Do you know who noticed? Jesus noticed. He noticed. Do you ever need God's attention? Have you ever had a need in your life and you just wish you could get God's attention? She got God's attention that day. How about 50-something cents? No, because of the might of her giving that began in her heart. The power and the might of your giving is not in the amount you give. It's not in your wallet. It's not in your check. It is in it is, it is in your heart. It is, the, it is the, the decision that you make in your heart. It is the attitude with which you give in your heart. It, 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 it's, it's easy. It's easy to, uh, to, to, to say let somebody else do it. Can we go to that next slide? I think that's up here next. Easy? Okay, yeah. And the next one. But we were all created as unique individuals. We were all created as unique individuals with some awesome purpose. Every single one of us. You know, and... and you don't have to be as, like her, she didn't have to be as rich as everybody else coming up and giving an offering to get God's attention, to make a difference. You know, you don't have to be as adventurous as, as Justin Hurdle to, to get out there and make a difference in the lives of young people. You don't have to be as benevolent as, as Kelsey to, uh, to uh, make a difference in someone's day that's really having a tough time. You know, we're all different. You don't have to be as chill as Nat, <laughs> or, or as dapper as Brother Phil here. Most of us aren't. You know, most of us aren't as energetic as Andrew, right? <laughs> or we may not be as friendly as Rogina, <laughs> or Gallant as Keller, 
you know? We, we may not be as, all of us may not be as happy as Angela Waters or as interesting as James Hart. You talked to him yet? You got to know him a little bit? He was in early service today. Or as kind-hearted as Lisa Hicks. Or as logical as John Norton. You don't have to be as musical as Jamie to lead others into worship. And all of us aren't as nonchalant, just take whatever comes in life as Marlon is. And all of us aren't as optimistic, maybe, as Hayden, or as polite as Taylor. Or we may not be as uh, romantic as lover boy Latin thinks he is. <laughs> and let me just go ahead and apologize if you're new to 2911. If you friend Adam Hicks on Facebook, let me just apologize for what's going to happen in February, okay? Uh, just uh, ahead of time. You may not be as sweet as Ollie. Everybody can't be. You may not be as tireless as Tommy. You may not be as unforgettable as uh, Brent Walker or as versatile as Jeff. You may not be as witty as Kurt, as young at heart as George and Susie, and you may not be as zealous as Lexi. But I've just introduced you to 26 different people at 2911. And if I were to introduce you to everybody else, we'd have to do this again about 12 more times just to introduce you to the adults and the teenagers at our church. And every single one of them is uniquely created to do something awesome for God. Every one of us. And, and, and why would God do that? Why would he create us all different that way? Because every one of us are needed. And what does that mean? Then that means that if I'm created to do this one specific thing, if I don't do my thing, then there is a big hole in the plan of God for my, for my community, for the people around me, for the people who, who work around me, for the people who go to school with me. There is a big hole in the plan of God for my family as well. If I don't fulfill and do this thing, whatever this amazing, awesome thing is that God has given to me to do, if I don't do it, you know, so, so, but let me also say this. It's not just about giving our time and giving our talents. It's right back to this story that we read in the Bible. It's also about our giving. It's also about our financial giving. It's also about giving of our money. You know, uh, sometimes we, we tell first-time attenders, you know, you get that card, we want you to drop the offering bag, that offering is for us. That's Because this is our heart, this is our vision, this is what God has called us to do is 2911. And, you know, that, you know, don't forget, if you're part of 2911, I'm, ta I'm talking to you, we're talking to you about that. You know, we're telling the first-time attenders, no, we just want that card, but, but we, this is our thing to do. We fund this. God's called us to do And there are reasons why. There are reasons why, okay? And that's what I want to talk You know, and I, I said this in the, in the first service, kind of at the end of the message. You know, it's really hard sometimes to preach on giving as a pastor because there's a lot of people out there, you know, in, in our culture today that say pastors are just interested in money. The church is just interested in getting my money. Can I tell you something? If you've got that attitude, you don't need to give because it doesn't start right here. It starts right here. You know, and you, you got to have, so I want to give you that, okay? If, that, if that's what you think, because listen, this, this is the one time of year I really hone in on giving. Because the true measure of our thankfulness is how we handle the gifts that we have received already. 
So I want to tell you some things about giving this morning, okay? I just want to share just a few things so I can. And the first one is that giving is proportional. You see, this, this is the whole crux of the matter if you're talking about this story from Mark chapter 12 that we just read about, is that Jesus said she gave more, not more in, you know, adding it up, one plus one is two, but more because she gave all of herself. You know, it was proportional. It wasn't, you know, it, and here's, here's why God does it this way, okay? Like, you go to Malachi, uh, he talks about the tithe, and that's the last time in the Old Testament. The tithe is all through the Old Testament. It's even in the New Testament. That's the last time in the Old Testament God mentions the tithe. It's in Malachi. And, and tithe just means 10%. And so why did God do it that way? That way everybody can give an equal amount. Whether you're, uh, you just get an allowance from your parents or like the song, maybe you have won the lotto. You know, whatever it is, every one of us can give the same exact amount. And that way, that way you know, the, the, the kid who gets a couple of dollars or so from his parents in allowance a week, you know, or the person who has a lot of money, we can all give and, and still be honored by God and get God's attention because of, of the amount we get. It's proportional. You know, or like even if you're not um, involved in, you know, if you're really off the grid, and there are a few people like that, that you're not involved in the monetary systems uh, here in our country. And throughout history, there have been a lot of people like that. You know, it's, uh, you know, farmers, it, it was all barter and trade. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't any money changing hands. And even if you're like that, you can still give. It's, it's, the giving is proportional. It's not an amount. It's, like a, it's a proportional thing. So God did this so every one of us. And this is going to be important in another little point here in just a few moments, okay? But th this, is, this is the reason God did it this way. All of us can be obedient without having to break the bank, okay? That nobody has to give too much. Everybody just gives what what they're supposed to give, what God lays in our heart, what God requires, and then everything's taken care of, okay? So here, here's the next thing. Giving is proof of faith in God. When you give, you are proving that you have faith in God. When you don't give, you're basically proving you don't have faith in God. Because you know what? Here, here's kind of one of the things we do and say, right? We say just as soon as we get on top of our school debts and pay off the car and some bills, we're going to start giving. How many of you, don't raise your hand, how many of you have said that kind of, don't raise your hand, but you've said that kind of thing? As soon as I'm going to start giving, as soon as I get over this, or as soon as I get this paid off, or as soon, I'm, I, I want to start giving. I want, I want to be a part of what's happening, you know, in, in the kingdom work, you know, that God is doing through 2911. And as soon as I, I get a few of these things done, I'm going to start giving. I'm going to start being obedient to God. And maybe you do it and you're not, you said something like this, but you didn't say it with your, with your finances. You said it with your time. As soon as ball season is over, I'm going to get serious about finding out that awesome thing that Pastor talks about all the time, you know, that I'm, that I'm uniquely created to do. Or, or as soon as I'm done with finals, or as soon as I retire, man, that's a long time for some, some of y'all. Y'all waiting to retire before, you know, you do anything amazing for God, you know? Uh, here, but here's what we really say. When we say, as soon as I do this, then I'm going to do that, here's what we're really saying. Next slide. Whatever the excuse we use, what, what we're really saying is, as soon as we do not have to do it by faith, we're going to start giving. That's what we're really saying, is I don't believe that I can do this. I don't believe that God, but can I tell you something? Last week when I closed, I, I kind of gave a little bit of a testimony, three areas where God has blessed me and my family. 
and one of them was financial. And I was talking about that, and as we looked back and thought, we didn't even realize what was happening, how God was just taking care of needs in our life and how he did this until we were on the other side of it. Look back and say, wow, how did God do that? Can I give a little bit of truth here? Is, you know, this, this thing about tithing or whatever and giving God 10%, and I know, man, that's scary, thinking that, man, I'm going to, you know, agree to that, you know, what God says there, and I'm going to agree to give something like that, then, then you know, I'm going to be down to 90%. Can, can I give you a truth here? God can do more through you with your 90% in partnership with you than you can do with your entire 100% all by yourself. Because that's the next part, the next point, is giving is partnership. And giving is not partnership with me. If you're partnering with me, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> I mean, when you got a need next week, you say, Pastor, I, I, can't, I can't make it. Can you, can you uh, help me out here a little bit? You know, if, if, if that's what you're going to rely on, then, then you're going to be in trouble. But we're not partnering with a pastor. We're not partnering even with the church. Because even the church has limitations. But we are partnering with God, the one who owns the whole universe and everything that's in it. So giving is a partnership with God. Can I show it to you? Okay, this is in Philippians chapter 4. Now, uh, Philippians, what that means is, this book of Philippians, is Paul was writing to the church that he had gotten started in Philippi. And uh, so we, we call them the Philippians. And he was writing back to this church, okay? And, and Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, and I've heard this quoted all of my life. Uh, you know, in, in, I heard it quoted in the King James probably most of my life. And that's probably where some of you may have even memorized it. That my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The NLT says, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. What an awesome promise. God, not pastor, not even the richest person in this room right now, but God will supply, what's the next line, next word? All, all of your need. Not some of it, not a little bit, not here and there. God shall supply all of your need. Where? From his glorious riches that we know about in Christ. What an awesome promise this is. What an awesome promise. But you know, I've heard this quoted so many times, but this promise, and listen, we, we don't really mean to do this, but oftentimes we take a verse and we, 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 we forget the context. We take it out of context. We, we memorize it. We lean on it. It's like, man, this is great. God is going to supply all my needs. But there's context there. You see the first, first word in that verse? And. You know what and tells me? There was something before. You know? There was something said before we get to verse 19. There's something that is important because it says and. And it's a conjunction. But, uh, so in, in, the, in the Greek, it was either and or but. And some, some don't, you know, can't tell if it's and. Or, but either one of them is a conjunction. I mean, you see, but, I mean, still, that's, you know, it's relating to something before. So we got to back up. Okay, now we're not, not going to read entire verses 10 through 19. I'm going to skip just a little bit there. But all of them are on the Sunday's page. As, as always, go to the Sunday's page, click on it. You can read the whole thing there and get it. But here, get, this will give you a little bit of context, okay? So here's what Paul is writing. He says, even so, 
you, you people in Philippi, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. Now, now what Paul is talking about is he's talking about financial difficulty and, and just the difficulties he has in being a missionary and going out and trying to spread the word of, uh, about Jesus Christ, the good news. And he said, you've done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. So he said, when I was on this trip and I brought you the good news and, and throughout Macedonia, you were the only ones who helped me. I'll go on to verse, uh, the next verse. Um, and he says, no other church did this. And even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. So he says, even when I, when I was over in Thessalonica, after I left you guys and I got over to the Thessalonica and I had financial needs, and, and, and Paul, when you read this whole thing, you'll see that he had needs. But Paul also, as we've been reading in, in the Bible Project and seeing, Paul was also working for his own, uh, you know, for his own support, okay? He wasn't relying on just offerings, but he said, he said, you were the only church that sent to me when I was in Thessalonica, and you did it more than one time. You sent, and you sent again. You did it more than one time. I don't say this because I want to receive another gift from you. He's saying, look, I'm not, I'm not bragging on you, so you give me another gift. And when you read, if you were to read the rest of this, go to Sunday's page, and it'll take you there. Read the rest of this. You'll see that Paul is saying, because I'm doing pretty good right now. He says, I'm doing pretty good. I've got all my needs taken care of pretty, pretty much now. And so I'm not saying this because I want you to send me another gift. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. So this is what Paul is saying. And see, and this is the thing. Oh, come on, y'all just got to pray for you, Pastor. Because this is the thing I've got to get in me. Because it's so hard sometimes for me to preach a, a giving sermon because of what some people think. Man, I've got to get this. In. This is the reason I've got to share this with you today. Because I want you to receive the promise. What promise? That is right after that, the one we've already read. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Here's, here's what he's saying. Here's this whole thing about partnership is if you partner with me, I got to limit, okay? All of my credit cards have a limit. You know, if I max them out trying to help you out, I got a limit. This church has a limit. Now, the church's limits is a lot better than mine, but still, the church has, everybody in this world has a limit. The most richest person in this world has a limit, but my God will supply all your need according to his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ. He has no limit. There is not a problem. There is not a financial need. There is not a miracle. There is not a disease. There is not a problem in your marriage that God cannot meet. It is by his glorious riches. Those are the ones that we are partnering with when, when we begin to be a giver. And if you're a giver, then you ought to be just thanking God right now and say, wait a minute, this is my promise? Man, I need to be praying that. But if you're not a giver, you need to realize what you're missing out on. Or maybe when, maybe when you've prayed and, and, and nothing happened, you just say, oh, okay, now I understand why. Because this is a partnership. It's a partnership, okay? And here's, here's the fourth thing about what giving is. Giving is ministry, right? That is my next thing, right? Because I skipped this one in the first service. Let me make sure I got it right. Giving is ministry. You see, when we get, and here's what we, most of us think, right? Because when we give, we financially support having church on Sunday morning, right? That's what most of us think. Well, yeah, okay, that happens. But it goes way beyond that because it's not about us. It's not about us. It's not about us. When, when, when you were not a Christian, when you were not following Christ, when you had never met him, it was all about you. 
But when you became a Christian, it is not about us anymore. It's about that next person that needs to hear. That's, that's what it's about now. Giving is ministry. So, so the ministry is not just all about what we get on Sunday morning. I mean, this is good, but this is not it. This is not the end of it. For example, the Great Pumpkin Bash. Brent's already mentioned it. You saw some pictures if you weren't there. Man, it was awesome again this year. Great crowd, 1,342, something like that is what, what we counted. And that wasn't counting you guys that were out there working. I was just counting the ones that came for us. We touched 1,342 lives. You know, we, and we didn't just fill their bellies with cotton candy and snow cones and all that, all that trick-or-treat candy that we had out there. We didn't just, or, or, and hot dogs. We didn't just fill their bellies. We touched their hearts. And so I, I can't tell you of all the people that I talked to that were not going to church anywhere. And several of them said, we've, been look, we've, we've decided we need to be looking for a church. Not because they're going to a church that they need to leave, but because they know that they need to get in church. And we touched those lives, and we, we made invitations for them to meet, for them to come. And I, I stood, you know, out there and was pointing at the, the rooms across the hallway right there and said that, and right there to some parents. I would say, right there is where we have kids' church, you know, so, so we have a kids' church for them as well and all this. And, and, and even told some of them, say, hey, come, t- come and, and just experience it. Tell us what you don't like, too, because I like, I like critique as well. You know, tell us what you don't like and all that. I can't tell you the people that we touched on Tuesday night because, you know, and, and, and I thought of this, I thought of this this week when, you know, and listen, every time I'd get tired on Tuesday night, I would think of, or Wednesday when we were still cleaning up and taking stuff back, I would just think about all those lives that we touched over and over again. And when I, and, and, and when I was thinking about this this week, I was thinking about how, and uh, Sister Mary asked ask how many hot dogs she handed out the other night. And best we'd come up with her station handed out about 700-something hot dogs the other night. And then we had another station as well handing them out. And, and as you were handing out those hot dogs, just, and not just her but everybody, whatever, that every, every one of those hot dogs went through your hands, just like when Jesus fed the 5,000 families with the loaves and the fish. Every morsel went through his hands. It went through his hands and it went to somebody to minister to. You know, Jesus didn't just come to save. He also came to help us with the struggles that we have. He, he doesn't want us to just preach about eternity and salvation. He also wants us to minister to the needs of And we did that. You know how we did that? We did that because of your giving. You know, it didn't cost anybody out there a dime because of the church. We're able to do that kind of a thing. Like, like, like benevolence. You know, anytime somebody comes to us with a need, almost any time, we help them the first time. Now, sometimes, you know, we pray about this. I pray about this. And sometimes, we, you know, something seems a little fishy, and, and so we'll, we'll, we'll try to, and we always try to do a little bit of checking, but we'll check a little bit more. But just about any time somebody, we help them a little bit. And we don't help them a lot. We're not giving anybody $1,000 or anything. If we had something like that, we'd come to you, so let's take up an offer. Let's have a fundraiser or something. But, but, but we try to help everybody a little bit. And then what we do, let me tell you what we do. I, just, I want you to know, in case you haven't heard this, I hadn't said it in a while, is we'll help somebody with a little bit of money to, to help them get back on their feet or whatever the first time. And then we say, but from this point on, if you want more help from 2911, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get in some financial counseling. We've got financial counselors here. Or you're going to have to do something like go to a first, uh, uh, go to a, a FPU. 
Financial Peace University small group that, that we have going on just about every semester, and you've got to get into that because you can't just keep getting into a hole and expect the church to bail you out. Okay, so I want you to know that. That's what we do with the money that is given that we help with benevolence, okay? That we're not just handing out money out here, okay? That we do this. We're, we're concerned about this, but we get to do this. Let me, let me tell you, tell you just, about, just about one this year because we, we, somebody needed help like this, and we gave them a little, little bit of an offering. Gave them $100, and, and it helped them so tremendously. It helped them. And then, and as I said, is there anything else you need? I, I, I want to pray with you. And they said, well, we really need a washing machine. We just can't afford one. And, uh, and you know what? Within 24 hours, they had a washing machine delivered. You know why? Because we put it on Facebook and... Uh, a church member in, at 2911 had a washing machine, an extra one, that they needed to get out of their way. You know, that's what God does. When you partner with God, God knows where stuff is that needs to be gotten out of the way, and he knows somebody that needs it over here. That's what God does. And it's because of your giving, it's because of your attitude. We're able to do that kind of benevolence all year long, just here and there and taking care of. Oh, and, the, and the Christmas, like, like uh, every, I asked Regina this past week, I said, you know, how, how's the fundraising going? Are, are you good? And she said that she thinks uh, Royal Checks have enough money raised to, to take care of Christmas for 15 kids. And, 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 you know, praise God for that. They've raised the money. And some of you've worked hard, you've given, or you've bought, Boston butts or those door hangers or whatever, you know, you've done all those things. But let me just tell you, uh, if you want to make an offering, uh, make a gift of an offering, they'll be glad to up that to 16 or 17 kids, okay, if you want to do that. But we, we, we have this, and we're, we're able to do this and minister in this way because of your giving and because of your giving heart. And let me just put you on notice here just a little bit right here also, is that next Sunday I'm going to share with you a, another Christmas opportunity, Okay. So don't miss next Sunday in, in the service and in the uh, Thanksgiving dinner next, next, next uh, Sunday night, okay? I'm going to share that with you, so just put you on notice, get ready, because if you hadn't been able to do anything yet, just get ready, get your giving heart. So here, final question, final question. Where do you want harvest? Where do you want harvest? Okay, so if, if you want to, to plant a garden, if you want to, you know, like next year, you, you think in the spring, I'd like to have a garden, I'd like to have some things, you know, into summer, into the fall, you know, start have some, some groceries, you know, that I raise myself. Where would you plant that? You, you know, you wouldn't go in your backyard and plow up the backyard and then go downtown Birmingham and scatter your seed in a parking lot, right? Unless you wanted to waste your seed because the parking lot is probably not going to grow. And it's going to be a long ways for you to, to go. And then really, that's not really where you want the harvest, is it? If you plowed your backyard, you probably want the harvest in your backyard. Where do you want the harvest? Where do you want the blessings? Where do you want what God can produce out of what you give? You know, you, and you can, you can plow your backyard. You can water it. But if you don't put some corn in that garden, you're not going to get any corn. You're probably just going to get weeds. No matter how much sun, no matter how much water you get, no matter how much fertilizer, no matter what you do to it. If you don't put some beans in there, you're not going to get any beans. You're going to get weeds. Is you still have to be concerned with what and where you plant your seed. And that's one of the other reasons of the several reasons that I like to say, and we say here around 2911, everyone ought to attend a church they brag about. I mean, you... <laughs> You ought to be so excited about who your church is and what your church is accomplishing. It comes up in conversation. 
<laughs> you know, I love my church or something. It ought to, you know what? And if, and if it's not 2911, this is the way I've said it, you know, if, it don't, if 2911 doesn't crank your tractor, then go find the church that does. Now, I know there may be some people that really get, they got a heart issue instead of really a church issue. Okay, I understand. That's the way maybe some people are. But if, it's, if, if there's a church out there that is doing then maybe that's the place. And I don't say that flippantly. I don't, I'm not trying to run anybody off today. I'm saying you ought to be so excited about what God has called you to do in your church that you're bragging about. You're saying, I love my church. Let me tell you what's going on in my church. It ought to be happening that way. But if... if for example, if you believe most of the ministry, 90% of the ministry should be done by the clergy staff, then go find that church and show up. I mean, there are churches around where all you got to do is show up on Sunday morning, pay your tithes, and you don't have to worry about God and church or anything the rest of the week. If that's what, I mean, if, that, if that's what you think church is, is it's the ministry of, by, of the clergy and staff, and all we do is fund it, then... Um, you can go find that church to do that, but that's not 2911. So we, we, we don't believe that the clergy or the, only, the, the pastors and the staff are the only people who are gifted. Have you heard that yet? Because everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. So if you believe that everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus, including you, uh, you know, it, sometimes we say that, yeah, everybody has something awesome to do, but that, that includes me. If you believe that everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus, including you, and even including people who aren't here yet, including people like that you work with or you go to school with, or people in your family that don't even know Jesus right now, every single person in this world has been uniquely created to do something awesome, to fulfill some awesome purpose in their life. If you, if you believe that, and secondly, if you believe everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus and that our highest purpose is to reach the unconnected, and what we mean by that is people who don't yet know Jesus. They're not connected. Or like the, like the survey that was done, man, that's uh, 13 years ago now, over 20,000 people in North Jefferson County that are not connected to a church. Now, that doesn't mean they're not in church this morning. That means they don't even know a church. Like if, if they were to have a death, they don't even have a pastor to call. Okay, that's who we're talking about. 20,000 people, over 20,000, 13 years ago. So who knows how many there are now? But of those 20,000 who are not connected, if you believe that our highest purpose is to reach those that are unconnected, meaning those that don't know Jesus yet, those that don't have a church yet, or maybe, maybe those that, that, that grew up in church, they got away from church or whatever. If you believe that everyone, third slide, if you believe that everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus and that, that our highest purpose is to reach the unconnected and that the church should help people discover that awesome thing that God has gifted them to do and to grow into their purpose, again, can I tell you? Then I believe Church 2911 is the church that you should attend, you should support, and you, sh and, and you should serve, and you should be giving in because that's who we are. You see, God didn't call us to come to church. He called us to be the church, right? We know that, right? And the thing we do, twofold, I believe. I believe every church, this is what a church is supposed to do. The, 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 the twofold calling of every church, every Christian church, is to help people know Jesus and to help them know who they are in Jesus. And those are the things. 2911, this is what we're built on. And so when you 
when you give at 2911, that's what you're supporting. That's what you're making happen. You're, um, you know, those unconnecteds. 61% of you were unconnected before coming to 2911. You know, when my pastor friends hear this, and I, I've told you this before, but when my pastor friends hear that, they say, how did you do that? How are you guys? Because we're focused on that. We're not focused on, we're not focused on the committee. We don't want people going, who go to other churches. We want people who aren't going anywhere. There's plenty of churches for people to, to go to. We want people who aren't going anywhere. And 61% of you were unconnected. That's our, that's our calling is to reach the unconnected. 61% of you that way. Somebody asked me yesterday, do we have, do we have a new salvation experience as a twin? I said, all the time. All the time. And I started rattling. I said, have you met so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and started rattling off some names. And so I started trying to figure out. I thought, well, if 61%, 61% were totally unconnected, but some of those people were people that got out of church, still considered themselves to be Christians, you know, and following God, but a lot of them weren't, or they turned their back on God and walked away, and they've come back. And if you count, all the, if you count just those... I'd say there's probably, probably 40% of the people in this church have come back to Christ or come to Christ for the first time at 29-11. That's the vision and the mission that you support, not just with your giving, but with your attendance and with your serving. Because one of the things we miss about attendance is we think, well, I'm here so that I can get poured into so that I can be strong enough to get through this week. Okay, that happens. But you know, you're also here because somebody else needs you to be here. There's somebody else who needs, you know, I meant somebody needs to hear Brother David over there say amen every once in a while. Say, okay, at least one guy agrees with the pastor. You know, somebody, people need to hear that. People need to have the encouragement. People need to see your smiling face. I'm not here today for me. We come here today for each other and those around. This is what 2911 is. And, and you know, and we're revamping our growth track. We'll kick it off again in January. And if you're not yet a member, you're not involved, you're not working, you're not serving in some place, you're not, you haven't found that, we want to help you find that. We're kicking it off again brand new in January, but if you want to talk to us now about it, we'd meet with you one-on-one, whatever we need to, because we want you to find that place, okay? Let me ask you to do something. Would you join me at the front for the close? If you're a first-time attender, this is the way we close our service. We like to be down front together and sing a final song, pray a final prayer, and if you're a first-time attender, we'd love to have you just join us around front, okay? So come on this way if you feel comfortable. Amen. Amen. Jesus. If, you know, this begins right here. The giving begins right here. So it kind of has to begin with your relationship with God. And if you don't have one yet, let me tell you how easy it is to start a relationship with God. Scripture says all it takes is basically to believe that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. Son of God who came in a human form to die on a cross for my sin and for your sin. Got up on the third day so that you and I will not be prisoner to death for eternity, but we will have eternal life with him. To believe that and then tell somebody about it. That's what scripture says. If you believe and you tell somebody, you confess it to somebody, you can do that. You can pray right now and just say, yeah, I do believe you are who you say you are, Jesus. And then just turn to the person next to you and say, I just, I just told Jesus that. Or you can drop me a note in the offering bag back there. Text me later. Or whatever. Catch me and tell me. Just tell somebody. 
Just tell somebody. Send somebody else a text, an email or something. That just, just that confession. That you, and part of it is for you to hear yourself say it. You need, to, you need to hear yourself say it. Confess it. Confess it. So it's just telling Jesus, I believe you exactly who you say you are. And tell somebody that. That's all it takes to become a Christian. And then start walking that walk. And, and it begin, that's why it begins in here. You know, your pocketbook, your wallet, your checking account, all that, 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 that that's, that's just after you've given everything to him. Then it's like, oh, yeah, what can I do to make this better and make somebody else get it too? That's what happens from there.